Welcome to the Mindset Monday podcast, your favorite mindset podcast of the week. Let's unlock the unlimited potential of your mind on today's seventh episode of season one. The ego, with its protective defense mechanisms, is the biggest impediment to attaining spiritual growth. Kilroy J. Olster. In the last episode, we learned all about what anxiety is, where it comes from, and which different types of anxiety exist. After which, we discovered there are psychological strategies that are unconsciously used to protect us from that anxiety called defense mechanisms. We took a look at what these mechanisms are, explaining how they work, and went over level one and level two of the four different defense mechanism categories, specifically the pathological and the immature defenses. We even finished the episode with some tips to avoid problems due to overusing these more unhealthy defense mechanisms. On today's episode, we will continue the topic of defense mechanisms and discover the more adaptive and healthy neurotic and mature defense mechanism categories. So let's get started. On the level three category of defense mechanisms, we find the neurotic defense mechanisms. These mechanisms are considered neurotic, but are fairly common in adults. These type of defenses have short-term advantages in coping with anxiety, but can often cause long-term problems in relationships, work, and in enjoying life in general, when used as a primary style of coping with the world. Let's start with looking at what Sigmund Freud considered the most fundamental of all defense mechanisms, called repression. Repression is seen as the most fundamental because it is through repression that the unconscious gets filled with our wishes, desires, and fears. Just as we explained in episode four of the podcast, where we talked about the levels of consciousness. Repression is an unconscious defense mechanism employed by the ego to block disturbing, difficult, threatening, or socially unacceptable thoughts, desires, feelings, and ideas, from entering into the conscious awareness. This is done by burying and hiding these anxiety-inducing thoughts, desires, feelings, wishes, or fears into the unconscious in order to reduce the anxiety. Anna Freud also called repression motivated forgetting since it results in exactly just that, not being able to recall a threatening situation, person, or event. Thoughts or desires towards pleasurable instincts that are often repressed are those that would result in feelings of guilt from the superego or in a threat of suffering if the desire would be satisfied. Repression is not a very successful defense in the long term since it involves forcing these disturbing memories into the unconscious where they will, although hidden, still create anxiety and continue to influence our behavior. These repressed memories may even in certain circumstances resurface through subconscious means in disguised or altered forms, 
such as dreams or slips of the palm. This is called Freudian slips. An example of repression is if a person has repressed memories of abuse suffered in their childhood, they may later have difficulties forming healthy relationships. Now, a very similar sounding neurotic defense mechanism is called regression. Regression is a defense mechanism proposed by Anna Freud, whereby the ego, in response to stressful events or anxiety, abandons coping strategies and reverts back to patterns of behavior used in an earlier, more childlike stage of development, seen as less demanding and safer. Regression functions as a form of retreat, enabling a person to psychologically go back in time to a period of time or a state of mind when the person felt safer. Simply said, when we are troubled or frightened, our behaviors and emotions often become more childish or primitive. For example, a child may begin to wet the bed again when they need to spend some time in the hospital. According to Anna Freud, behaviors associated with regression can vary greatly depending on the stage of psychosexual development at which a person is fixated. An individual fixated at an earlier developmental stage might resort to whining, crying, or throwing a tantrum upon hearing unpleasant news. Some people might call it acting like a baby. Now, Freud taught we could see this in behaviors like watching cartoons, sucking your thumb, or acting childish. These would indicate that a person is regressing back to an earlier stage of development to when they didn't experience the anxiety. Freud also taught regression could be used as a therapeutic technique. A psychoanalyst could encourage a patient to regress to a stage where they felt comfortable, where they weren't experiencing the anxiety, and this would then help identify the source of the conflict since it must have been in a following stage rather than the stage that the person reverts to. So by regressing, they could then work through the conflict and hopefully resolve it. Another neurotic defense mechanism we will take a look at is called intellectualization. Now, this defense mechanism allows us to avoid thinking about the stressful emotional aspect of a situation and instead reduce anxiety by engaging in an academic study of the subject that's causing anxiety and think about events in a cold, dispassionate and clinical way through excessively analytical or abstract thought patterns. With intellectualization, somebody focuses only on the intellectual aspects of any situation and detaches it from the emotional aspects, taking distance from that anxiety-invoking emotional part of a conflicting situation or disturbing thoughts. So this is really a separation of emotions from ideas. For example, a person who has just been diagnosed with a terminal illness might focus on learning about all the symptoms and treatments related to the disease in a dry and academic study in order to avoid distress 
and remain distant from the reality of the situation and their feelings of anxiety or fears of death. Related to this defense mechanism is another neurotic defense mechanism by the name of rationalization. Rationalization is a defense mechanism proposed by Anna Freud that involves a cognitive distortion of the facts to make an event or an impulse less threatening. We do this often enough on a fairly conscious level when we provide ourselves with logical reasons that are acceptable to the ego, also called excuses, to self-justify or explain an unacceptable behavior, negative thought, or problematic feeling that is causing anxiety in a rational and logical manner, thereby further suppressing awareness of your true unconscious motivations. Although our thought process often may involve some false logic or false reasoning, since it avoids the actual reason or real source of anxiety, it is still useful for us because it allows us to dismiss the underlying cause of the behavior without actually dealing with it. Rationalization not only prevents anxiety, but it may also protect self-esteem and self-concept by convincing ourselves that we are not to blame. For many people with sensitive egos, making excuses for difficult to accept situations comes so easy that they never are even truly aware of it. In other words, many of us are quite easily prepared to believe our own lies. When trying to explain success or failure, people tend to use this defense mechanism to attribute achievements to their own qualities and skills, while failures are blamed on other people or outside forces. A good example of rationalization is addicts justifying their substance addiction. For instance, having the logical excuse that smoking is done because it gives you the opportunity to socialize more at your work. Now, the next neurotic defense mechanism we are going to take a look at is called reaction formation. Reaction formation is a particularly interesting mechanism, which Anna Freud called believing the opposite. Reaction formation is a psychological defense mechanism in which a person goes beyond denial and reduces anxiety by adopting conscious behaviors, feelings, or beliefs to express themselves in the complete opposite way to what they truly think, feel, or believe in to overcompensate for the anxiety caused by their true but socially unacceptable unconscious wishes, impulses, thoughts, beliefs, or emotions. Usually, a reaction formation is marked by exaggerated and obsessive behavior, such as showiness and compulsiveness. Now, why do people behave this way? Well, according to Freud, People are using reaction formation as a defense mechanism to hide their true desires and feelings by behaving in the exact opposite manner than the unconscious instructs a person to behave. And this way, satisfying the id while keeping the ego in ignorance of the true motivations. Therapists often observe reaction formation in fanaticism 
where patients claim to strongly believe in something and become angry at anyone who disagrees with their views. Freud claimed that men who have some unconscious homosexual desires are prejudiced against homosexuals because they are making a defense against the anxiety their own homosexual feelings and thoughts are causing by acting out in the opposite manner and adopting a harsh anti-homosexual and homophobic attitude which helps convince them of their own heterosexuality and hence reduce their anxiety. The exact same way men who feel insecure about their masculinity might more easily act overly aggressive. Next up in this category of neurotic defense mechanisms, we have displacement. Displacement is the redirection of our intense frustrations, emotional reactions, and threatening impulses, often sexual or aggressive ones, from the rightful recipient onto another, more acceptable or less threatening substitute target, in order to avoid dealing directly with what is frightening or threatening. The substitute target can be a person, but even an object can serve as a symbolic substitute. In other words, due to not being able to direct the anxiety appropriately because the source of the anxiety is too threatening for you, you instead divert your anxiety onto a more acceptable, safer outlet that's not as threatening. Displacement occurs when the id wants to do something which the superego does not permit. Hence, the ego finds some other way of releasing the psychic energy of the it, which creates a transfer in energy from a repressed object to a more acceptable object. Turning against the self is a very special form of displacement, where the person becomes their own substitute target. It is normally used in reference to hatred, anger and aggression, rather than more positive impulses, and it is the Freudian explanation for many of our feelings of inferiority, guilt, and even depression. This idea that depression is often the result of the anger we refuse to acknowledge is accepted by many people, Freudians and non-Freudians alike. Displaced aggression is a common example of this defense mechanism. Rather than express your anger in difficult and even unsafe ways that could lead to negative consequences, like for example arguing with your boss, you instead displace your anger towards an easier target that poses no threat, such as for example your spouse, children or even pets. Now finally, as the last neurotic defense mechanism we will discuss, we have the dissociation defense mechanism, which is a temporary drastic modification of one's personal identity or character to avoid emotional distress, leading to a separation or postponement of a feeling that would normally accompany that situation, experience or thought. For example, when dealing with something stressful, you might mentally and emotionally disengage yourself from the situation. And with that, we finish the neurotic defense mechanism category, which leaves us with the last and most important category, the level four category of defense mechanisms called the mature defense mechanisms. 
These are the last, but as I said, the most important type of defenses because people who demonstrate strong use of these defense mechanisms are happier, healthier, and more satisfied with life since the use of these defenses enhances pleasure and feelings of control. Hence, these are commonly found among emotionally healthy adults and are considered mature and virtuous, even though many have their origins in an immature stage of development. They are all conscious processes that help to integrate conflicting emotions and thoughts, which have been adapted through the years in order to optimize success in human society and relationships. So what are these more mature defense mechanisms? A first, maybe surprising defense mechanism in this mature category is the use of humor. Humor is the telling of jokes or engaging in humorous activity that gives pleasure to others to partly be truthful about some hidden feelings or ideas within our unconscious, especially those that are unpleasant to focus on or too terrible to talk about directly, but at the same time to also make sharing them more socially acceptable. The unconscious feelings or thoughts retain a portion of their innate distress, but they are avoided by witticism, like, for example, self-deprecation. Humor can also be used to point out the funny or ironic aspects of a situation. An example of this might be cracking a joke in a stressful or traumatic situation. The next and perhaps most powerful mature defense mechanism in this category is called sublimation. Sublimation is seen as the most acceptable of all the defense mechanisms, allowing us to redirect an expression of anxiety in socially acceptable ways. This is done by enabling us to channel the energy from our socially unacceptable urges, drives, or emotions into healthy actions and behaviors that are productive, constructive, and socially approved pursuits rather than in destructive activities. These socially useful disciplines include artistic, cultural, creative, and intellectual pursuits, and all indirectly provide gratification for their original drives. Freud believed that sublimation was a sign of maturity, allowing people to function normally in socially acceptable ways, and that it formed the cornerstone of civilized life, since arts, music, and science are all sublimated energy. An obvious example of sublimation would be a person that experiences extreme anger or aggression, but channels this negative energy into positive energy by transforming these violent urges into becoming a boxer or a weightlifter as a means of venting frustration instead of actually going out and getting into fistfights. Now, another mature defense mechanism I want to talk about is called suppression. Although it sounds a lot like the repression defense mechanism from earlier, there is a clear difference. Where repression is unconscious, suppression is a much more conscious decision 
to delay paying attention to negative emotions, thoughts, or needs, and push this unwanted information out of your conscious awareness in order to successfully cope with the present reality. This makes it possible to easily access those uncomfortable, distressing emotions or thoughts at a later time when you are fully capable of accepting and dealing with them. In most cases, however, this removal of anxiety-provoking memories from awareness is believed to occur unconsciously through repression. A mature defense mechanism I want to quickly mention here is anticipation, which is simply said a realistic planning for future discomfort. And then finally, the last mature defense mechanism we will discuss is called altruism. Altruism is when we satisfy our internal needs through the constructive service to other people, since helping others actually makes us feel very fulfilled and gives pleasure and personal satisfaction. For example, someone recovering from substance use might volunteer to help others in recovery as a way to deal with drug cravings. Since Freud first described the original defense mechanisms, other researchers have continued to discover other methods of reducing anxiety. Some of these defense mechanisms include aim inhibition, which is accepting a modified form of the original goal, avoidance, which is refusing to deal with or encounter unpleasant objects or situations, compensation, which is overachieving in one area to compensate for failures in another, undoing, which is trying to make up with positive behavior for what you feel are inappropriate thoughts, feelings, or behaviors, introjection, also called identification, which involves taking into your own personality characteristics of someone else because doing so solves some emotional difficulty. Introjection, by the way, is very important to Freudian theory as it is the defense mechanism by which we develop our superegos. Then we have identification with the aggressor. This is a version of introjection that involves the victim adopting the negative, feared behavior of an aggressor who is more powerful and hostile towards them, hoping to avoid abuse, as the aggressor may begin to feel an emotional connection with the victim, which can lead to feelings of empathy. The Stockholm Syndrome is an extreme form of identification with the aggressor. And lastly, we have compartmentalization, which is separating components of one's life into different categories to prevent conflicting emotions. Now, we could keep going because there are even more defense mechanisms, but what we can see from all of these is the appeal and the popularity of Freud. We have to remember that a lot of Freud's work came from his own experiences and from the experiences of his patients, which makes the knowledge about these defense mechanisms immediately applicable to common everyday behaviors. We can quickly find examples of all the different mentioned defense mechanisms without having to worry about any other possible explanations or any statistical analysis. We can say, oh yeah, here's an example of projection. This seems like an example of sublimation. 
yeah, my professor is intellectualizing here. This knowledge about how defense mechanisms work arms us with a new way of doing and thinking about different things. Let's take a look at two different areas of life and use our newfound knowledge of defense mechanisms to improve our understanding about them significantly. We'll start with the presence of defense mechanisms within relationships. Close relationships arouse our deepest emotions and sometimes we turn to defense mechanisms to manage those emotions. Yet, this can lead to even more anxiety by driving a wedge into the relationship, causing problems and coming in between the partners. So it's important to reflect on whether you or your partner use certain defense mechanisms, like, for example, some of the following. Projection. Ask yourself, do you blame your partner for your own flaws? Rather than admit it, do you often accuse your partner of being messy or careless? Denial. Ask yourself, do you pretend that negative experiences haven't occurred? Do you close your eyes and think that everything is going to be fine, even when your partner seems upset? And lastly, compensation. Ask yourself, do you turn to alcohol or drugs instead of confronting negative emotions? Is it easier to have an extra glass of wine or beer rather than talk to your partner about what's bothering you? Besides relationships, Understanding defense mechanisms correctly is also extremely important in successfully raising your children. Sometimes it can be helpful as a parent to explore a child's motivations to see if disruptive or bad behavior may in actuality be defense mechanisms masking difficult emotions. For example, a five-year-old might begin acting out after a new baby is born. The anger could mask his sadness at feeling displaced by the new baby in the family. Parents could then address the angry outbursts by speaking to the child about the change and by balancing their attention between the two children when possible. This is very important to do as parents since a child's ability to accept and master painful feelings will help him or her mature into a well-adjusted adult. As you can see, thanks to building a deeper understanding of defense mechanisms on these past two podcast episodes, we can now come up with explanations for both our own and other people's behavior in a very easy and helpful way. I hope you will use both the knowledge learned on today's episode about the mature defense mechanisms and the tips given on last week's episode to deal with anxiety in a healthy and constructive way so you can become the person you were always meant to be and grow into your fullest potential. I am beyond excited for next week's topic because on our next podcast episode, we will uncover how we can rewire and reprogram our unconscious mind. So make sure to tune in next week to uncover those secrets with me right here on the Mindset Monday podcast. 
that was the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and got some amazing value. To get notified about new episodes every single Monday, make sure you subscribe to the Mindset Monday podcast. Your favorite mindset podcast, now available on Spotify or wherever you're currently listening. Thanks for listening and see you on the next podcast episode. Let's bring the subconscious into the conscious and unlock your unlimited potential.